So, hi, here's Florian with a new podcast. I have today a new guest. Jens, introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Jens. I'm 48 years old. I'm working for the Sparkassen Innovation Hub in Hamburg. And I'm here uh, in the Sparkassen world now for six years. Before, I worked for a startup and doing a lot of product management stuff before. Uh, that's basically, I'm married, have two kids, and that's basically the most important things for me. Awesome, cool. So what I like always to ask for the beginning is, what is innovation for you? That's a really difficult question. Besides, it's the best word. For me, it has to do a lot of, with um, you know, change, culture, doing things a different way than before. And uh, definitely, you know, bringing existing things together and look from a different perspective. So, for example, mixing up existing technologies and come up with new ideas and try them out, fail fast and you know, try it again. It's not really, for me at least, about coming up with the next new technology always. It's really a lot of, you know, using existing things, existing technology and try something else. The Sparkassen Innovation Hub, so you said you're working today on, what is it? The Sparkassen Innovation Hub is an initiative 10 Sparkassen, Finanzinformatik, which is the main IT service provider for all Sparkassen, Sparkassen Verlag and DSGV. And we are part of Star Finance. Star Finance is 100% part of Finanzinformatik. Uh, we started beginning of 2017, and our main approach was to be main contact point for, for fintechs, actually. So we are one part of the digitization initiatives inside the Sparkassen Group. And our main role is to, to talk to fintechs, learn about the market, and see if good solutions, new ideas, which we could include into existing Sparkassen products or come up with new product to speed up the process from an idea to a good solution for our end customers. So what we're doing here is uh, that we partner with fintechs, with other with big tech companies as well. So we're not only focused on fintechs, we have own ideas as well. We do design thinking, we do sprints to come up with a prototype, test this prototype and uh, come up with an MVP much faster than before. The other thing is that we're building up a community of users to shape the future of this Sparkassen together with them. So we invite them to give feedback in the beginning, come up with own ideas, and really you know, invite them to shape new products for the Sparkassen. And the third one is that we do trend research, that we do events like Innovation Day or Symbioticon, which is our hackathon, to, to invite people to discuss together about really interesting trends about cross-industry things like, you know, how, how to learn as much as possible about interesting projects, ideas, and come up with new ideas, bring interesting people together. That's something which we want to do as well. Awesome. So if you say you want to connect the fintech world with the Sparkassen world, how do you find fintechs? That's a good question. Honestly, I mean, a lot of fintechs do find us because uh, Sparkassen obviously are really interesting for them because we have a huge customer base. We have 50 million customers, a lot of online mobile banking customers. And therefore, obviously, having Sparkassen as a customer for them is really interesting. 
On the other side, obviously, we have business developers, people who, who look out into the market, what's going to happen in the German-speaking market in Europe. Like we, we attend to conferences like Money 2020 and others. We have trend reports. So we really actively look out on a regular basis to understand what's going to happen. And, and we approach them and invite them and see if you know the idea is a good one, if there's a personal fit, you know, do both parties somehow fit together and both parties are willing to really come up with a new idea or see how this must be or could be adapted to the Sparkassen world. So I would say that from both sides, there are you know, ideas and contacts coming up. So if you say you try to adapt ideas to the Sparkassen world, what are examples for that? Like what does the Sparkassen world make special that you should adapt to it? Okay, the Sparkassen organization is a little bit different to, you know, Deutsche Bank, Commerzbank, whatever. So there are about three, uh, 384 independent Sparkassen. And they're regional, they are different sizes, like um, the Hamburger Sparkasse, which is, you know, in Hamburg, or the Berliner Sparkasse in a completely different environment than, for example, the Kreisparkasse, which is in, in more, much more regional and, and smaller. And so they have all different expectations, customers, and they're really regional, and they have still their stores where people go to. And so the, and on the other side, as we have so many customers, the range of different types of customers is really huge as well. So there is not only one solution for all Sparkassen customers. So therefore, we look really to which target groups could this solution fit and how we could um, somehow bring in this local character, like how could we, you know, bring the people in these stores into the process and how we could combine offline, online use cases, for example, and how they could support these. And there's just not the, uh, there's not, the Sparkasse, and therefore the way of solving that. And therefore, often there's a good technology and there's a good idea, but somehow it needs to be adapted a little bit to make it working for all Sparkassen, for example. And that's what we try to find out. And we always want to include our end customers in the process from the beginning on. So we invite people, interview them, get them the chance to give feedback from the beginning on. And there we learn a lot about the differences of the Sparkassen customers, for example, uh, compared to challenger banks, for example, who have a different expectations to the product as maybe the Sparkassen customers or the, the Deutsche Bank customers. Yeah. So to like to make this clear, like you look mainly to for B two C fintechs, or but or also B two B fintechs. Um, we started in the beginning with retail fintechs, uh, so retail banking was the main focus. But that was just for starting the innovation app because we wanted to focus on one topic. Afterwards, we expanded ourselves and our interests a little bit. Like a corporate banking now is as well a really interesting area, especially when you look at the fintech market. Insurance is, is really important in the saving in the in the Sparkassen group as well. So there are different topics where we look right now, investing as well. But uh, definitely it has to do something with end customers. So we really need to understand 
what's the expectations of the people using the product. Doesn't matter if it's B2C or B2B. Yeah, makes sense. So that's like I noticed from the startup world that's called a product market fit to find something in the like to find something which works with your customer base or find a customer base for something you have. How do you define product market fit? What's product market fit for you out of your perspective? First of all, I mean market fit. You at the end you really find out if you test it. Mm -hmm. So that's uh, one thing which is very important. And as an innovation hub, obviously, we have the possibility and I would say as well the duty to, to find out and fail fast. So um, we want to try out things as well if we don't really know if the market fit is there or not because we want to find out if it's there. Obviously, if you look for the target group first and understand them first, it's much easier to decide which solution, which idea could fit to them. So knowing more about our customers is really important to do that. And on the other side, I think market fit has really something to do with separating the, the huge different customer base into really target groups and then see what uh, startups and what technology fit to this target group in terms of technology, use case, and maybe success stories out there. And at the end, we really try to bring such ideas and partners together for one week or for two weeks, do design sprint, do design thinking. And at the end, then we have an idea and then we can test this together with real end customers and as well with our community. And so we have, we don't know really in the beginning if there's a market fit, honestly, but we have a direct feedback at least after two weeks if there's a a market fit if we see any chance to get this as a you know grow to an MVP to a commercial successful product for the, for the Sparkassen and for the partner and I think that's the most important point to really get this feedback as fast as possible so so the main process is if I can sum it up uh, Fintech comes to you presents their their product their idea you brainstorm with them if it fits to the to the Sparkasse and if you say yes then like you go together with them in a design thinking process adapt it a bit more and then you do the first test round and then another test rounds is summarized yeah, yeah somehow that's correct punches doesn't need to be always a fintech who pitch an idea can also be a Sparkassen employee or ourselves coming up with an idea obviously It helps to have a partner on board because the outside perspective helps us to really challenge ourselves more and learn from, you know, what, what are things we need to do to come up with a good MVP. But at the end, that's true. We, uh, we have an idea somehow. We come up with a process to really shape this idea, have a prototype, test this, get feedback as, as soon as possible and see if everything somehow fits together to invest in the next phase. And that's definitely not only the idea, it's cultural fit as well. And obviously the feedback from the users. So, And if everything comes together and we have a common understanding what needs to be done to bring this idea to the market, as an, and really always only as an MVP, not as a fully-fledged product, because that definitely takes much more time. Then we discussed this with Sparkassen, with all people involved, and come up with a decision how to, how to proceed to invest, maybe go back 
to step zero and um, you know reshape the idea again because we still believe there's something in it but we haven't found it really obviously our goal is to you know come up with product ideas which really help the sparkassen to which is really benefit for the end users but you know bring both perspectives together because obviously having a great product which is not of interest for the sparkassen you know doesn't make really make sense for a sparkassen innovation hub definitely we want to do this for the sparkassen so you say you said uh, testing is really important like mm -hmm. should happen as soon as possible and as often as possible how what for different ways you have to test first of all we invite people on a regular basis interview them and get to know what's you know their real life and what other problems they have and what could help to solve such problems and understand really these target groups so that could be kids could be grown-up people like you know silver age or golden age or whatever we also you know coffee testing so we go out ask, invite people for coffee and ask them to give some feedback for a prototype Usually after such a sprint, we invite people again to really do intensive user testing. So we show them a prototype, we stream this and record this, and we try to really figure out how they react, what do they understand, what not. We have we started last year a tester community, which we call Move, where uh, people can take part on such product development processes and give feedback to ideas, can join a process like if we developed an app in eight weeks and they got the first release, which was not really you know a lot of function in there. And at the end, there was a fully-fledged app and they really could give feedback at, for each release, what's working, what's missing, what they would like to have in the app. So it was really a joint product development with real users. And at the end, we had a really good understanding how an MVP must look like to to fit to the market. And we measure that using a net promoter score and other factors, do something for our end users. And that's, I think, the most important part. So you can, like out of my experience, you can test close to unlimited. You can always put more users on to verify your tests or see if your tests can hold. So numbers are always good for testing if you mm. can. Like try to see how many users click there and see if this will. So where's where's your stop point? How do you decide? I did enough testing. We can give it give it to the Sparkassen to do it in a real. First of all, you have to understand that we are not doing the final implementation. So we yeah. do not produce productive software. So there's no reason really to do. Over testing here. Oh, okay. And I would say uh, 500.000 users, you know, a good point to really understand what's going to happen there. But even if you have only 10 customers invited and do, you know, one or two days interviews, you learn really a lot to, to, to really get a direction right where you want to go with your MVP, with your prototype. And at the end, if you have maybe 500 or 700 users, you know, taking part on such a joint development, you really get a, re you know, really good feedback about what you're doing and what you should do to get a good MVP product out there. And that's, I would say, the stopping point for us. Yeah. Cool. Um, did you also track a bit down afterwards? So if you say, okay, we got this results in the, in the testing and mm -hmm. now the Spark has to go on and implemented it. Did you track down if, There were some 
some learnings out of that that you say, okay, we, we give them in general this advice, but it seems like out of 50%, they, they run in challenges there. Or did you never track down that or analyze um, that? I mean, something somebody else is responsible for developing the product at the end. We still give some advice or do some consulting in the transition phase. Yeah. But at the end, we have enough people and not enough resources at all to really be you know, really close to each product which somehow moves out of the hub. Yeah. So um, it's a combination, I, I would say. Definitely, we get some feedback from them when they do things, when there's the first better release, when they, you know, when they do their go-to-market. But we are not so close involved to really be in the development process involved at all. But when there's a product and we see you know, it's growing or not, and obviously we are learning because we are still in contact with such parties doing the implementation, and that's really interesting and necessary feedback loop for us as well to see what was our intention and what's the result at the end. But yeah. this is not our focus, yeah. definitely not. Yeah, makes sense. So I think the the Sparkassen world, the thinking of the Sparkassen world and the thinking of a fin the fintech world is quite different. So what what are your learnings? What's the best advice to bring these two together and to make them understand each other? Put them in the same room, lock the door and throw the key away and what you will see is that uh, when the people come together and join forces for one or two weeks there's a really strong combination out of both perspectives on the one side i mean a startup things works act completely different from the sparkassen world definitely in terms of i mean just speed or in a as well as failing fast because they don't have the resources and they just need success really really soon and they are much more You know, focused on their own product and on their on such things. On the other side, if you do um, products in the Sparkassen world, obviously it's not the Sparkassen, always in the financial world, you have to do a lot of things like cover like regulatory stuff, um, legal stuff, which comes up. And this this understanding for such topics is really difficult. And as well, the people in the Sparkassen group they are really close to their customers, so they know a lot about their customers. And so there's a lot of Sparkassen knowledge. On the you know coming from the people from the Sparkassen world and about speed and user centric and thinking and these together uh, at least that's my main learning really a strong combination so cooperation is a good thing and that's nothing to do with confrontation here in this case and uh, both sides at the end to benefit yeah and uh, even even if there's not the best idea at the end and both sides or the feedback is at the end you know what somehow this won't really work and the people from the fintech learned so much about you know the sparkassen group the sparkassen customers and the sparkassen way of life yeah. and people from the sparkassen learned really a lot about new ways of working design thinking and really how a startup looks on such things and how they would proceed that both sides, you know, leave the room with a lot of knowledge. Yeah. So that's something I think, which is for me, the main, you know, learning that cooperation is a good thing. How much energy can, you know, be created by bringing people from really different sides together is a really good thing. And that's what we try to implement here. Yeah. Yeah. 
sounds sounds good. Sounds like a good good way of doing things. So, what are the the most successful examples of uh, ideas, startups you help to to bring into the Sparkassen world? There's no not really one approach which we then copied. So mm. each topic itself was somehow different to others mm. before. Uh, for example, we do hackathons on a regular basis, not only because for the ideas, but just to you know bring people together and have fun, actually. But on each hackathon, there was an idea which you know somehow resonated and was so highly rated by the Sparkassen that um, they wanted this topic to get you know development further. One example is Knacks, mm. which is something which I already <laughs> got to know when I was young. And there was a Knacks app, which was more like, you know, in terms of financial education and young kids really to get used to, to Sparkassen and money and so on. And this app was, or this idea was created at the hackathon, our first hackathon actually, and is now, you know, available for all saving banks already since, I don't know, two years, almost one and a half years. Another idea was on our hackathon 2000 and 17 was Autada, which won the first prize here in the hackathon. And they are now available and already integrated in the core banking system. So, and, but we didn't really do a joint product. Therefore, we just, you know, used the idea they had and brought them together to the right people who implemented then their solution. So what was the idea? Idea is to use the electronic identity card to speed up the onboarding process. Okay. When it comes to new customers, yeah. we had an idea called SAM, which was bringing together artificial intelligence and document recognition like OCR to come up with a service to store all your digital assets at, this, at SAM, so at the Sparkassen, because people trust Sparkassen a lot and that has nothing to do with really, you know, your bank account and transactions, only about storing like documents, insurance documents and all this. And therefore, and based on that, we created value packages. We called them bundles. Mm -hmm. So emergency bundles, for example. So in case you have an accident or you get, you know, uh, while traveling, your stuff gets stolen or whatever, you can share your documents with your family or people yeah. you want to, you know, share your personal life with. And they can then access those documents and therefore, you know, help you in this situation. And there are a lot of other bundles we thought about, like uh, traveling bundles and, and so on. And this was uh, something we did together with an artificial intelligence startup here based in Hamburg and some Sparkassen. And this was, a, I think, it's a really great idea because it helps to you know, not only see Sparkasse as the one who's providing the bank account, but understand Sparkasse as your trustful partner for all your things you need to organize in your financial life or, you know, see them really as an advisor and they can help you in much more things than only, you know, saving your money at the Sparkasse. Yeah. And I think a lot of such things needs to happen because obviously... There are so many things where documents and, and financial aspects are part of your daily life. And so the Sparkassen can use their trust they really, you know, earned over the last 100, 
and more years and come up with new digital services to support their customers. And so we we see a lot of things where where we as a Sparkassen Innovation Hub can come up with ideas beside the usual core banking yeah. functionality. And I think that's really interesting as well. But I would say as well, a success is if we come up with a, a topic and uh, see after one week that there's nothing behind. So yeah. failing a success as well for us. Because if you look at the cultural environment and financial institutes nowadays, I think failing is not the easiest way to, to do. And so coming up with a, such a culture to do such things is a success for me as well. Yeah, you're completely right. If the failing in the finance industry means normally you're bankrupt or you're, yeah. you have some major problems. Yeah. So what would you say are the biggest challenges of uh, Sparkassen Innovation Hub today? The biggest challenges is really improve and speed up or do more things that the ideas, you know, get to come to, to revenue somehow. I mean, it's still, as there's we not the one and only way of doing things, always have to see what's the best and fastest way to get this idea to the customers. And definitely we can do more to speed this up. And the second one is scale the working and mindset mode here to the Sparkassen because it doesn't you know, solve anything if here in Hamburg this is the only room of working and thinking like that and the last one I think is um, we're now in our third year and honestly I mean it's like relationship uh, I would say it, not everything is honeymoon yeah. <laughs> and I think one of our challenges then as well not to lose our enthusiasm yeah. even when the honeymoon phase is over Because, you know, in the beginning, everything is nice. And then somehow it's not so nice anymore. And you have to find your way to make it nice again. And that's a challenge for us as well. What are your ideas to, to keep it exciting? I can only answer this for myself. Yeah. And uh, for me, it's like this thing which motivates me a lot is learning about our end customers, about our customers. And every time we invite them into the process, we will... I learned so much about them and see how much makes uh, how much you know it, it makes sense to really you know work together with them. That the feedback, if we have an idea, and it doesn't matter if it's a good or a bad feedback, brings us to more focus and closer and faster to new product ideas. And learning and working with custom real customers is the thing which you know motivates me. Obviously, and on the other side, we invite people to come and to the Innovation Hub on events like Symbioticon or Innovation Day and bring really interesting people together and learning from them is something which is a really good thing for me as well. And I think uh, everybody here is thrilled to work on the change which needs to be done. And yeah, that's something I would say is, uh, for me personally, the thing which keeps my motivation high. Yeah, cool. Where do you see the finance sector in five to ten years? Uh, the finance sector, I would say different than today. That was an easy answer. I think there are some topics which will, will really change the industry. In the next, I, I don't know if it's five or six or four years or whatever. But on the one side, artificial intelligence definitely will you know, bring up new use cases, new challenges. And I think, I mean, everybody in the industry is working on such things like artificial intelligence. Quantum computing will change a lot. The mm -hmm. question is just only when will it be there? 
I've now I listen to a talk saying that in 2023 there will be the first quantum computing existing and so that will be the day when you know it will change completely in terms of encryption and computer power and what what you have to do for that and I think obviously the big techs will be more present in the space than today Okay. Like Amazon, Apple, signing with Apple, or what Amazon is doing, or whatever, they will you know, uh, change the industry much more than somebody might believe today. Yeah. And uh, definitely, I believe, I mean, open banking as a phrase right now, and everybody is talking about that in terms of PC2, but it's not started really, <laughs> and it has to start in September, definitely, due to existing laws. Yeah. And I believe that in five years there will be an active uh, ecosystem for open banking and nobody's talking more about politics and standards, but more about use cases. And uh, yeah. that will be will have a huge effect, uh, impact on, on the industry as well. Cool. So what would you say are your favorite books? Oh, my favorite books. I'm private. I really love Scandinavian crime books, yeah. but I guess your question was more about, you know, topic-related books. <laughs> so there's one, it's called Inspired, How to Create Tech Products Customer Love, from Marty Kagan, which I really like the book because it's about, you know, really focusing on end customers and what you have to done uh, yeah. to do. And then, like, uh, I like books or I read books about motivation of teams and self-organization. Like this one, Drive, so Surprising Truths About What Motivates Us. Such books, I think, are really, for me, they are inspiring. Yeah. How to Fix the Future for an End Ukraine is as well something which I really love to read. So it's more about, you know, really, on the one side, really user-centric product design, product development, and on the other side, how you can motivate teams to self-organize and yeah. bring them in a position to work on challenging new ideas, products, because this is something which we implemented here as well, and they have to, um, you know, give them the chance to self-organize themselves and how to do that better because obviously not everything works perfect in the beginning and we have to learn and adapt all about, all the time that our books are really you know reading a lot cool and my last question is uh, if you could go back in time to your 20 year old self what would you tell him actually and honestly on the one side just do everything again And there's not really a real advice. Uh, one thing I had to learn is to trust yourself more and don't listen so much about what people think or might think about yourself. Because, I mean, there's so many interesting things and this failing fast and, and you know, get yourself out of the comfort zone is something what I had to learn. And I learned that quite late and I think I would have done some things a little bit more different or earlier if I would you know be able to to understand what's my comfort zone and move myself out of these earlier than I did I would say but at the at the end everything is fine I'm here I like my job I like I like the company I like the Sparkassen and I am exactly the point I wanted to be so I'm not sure if I would have have needed a device as a 20 years old right now. Cool. Great. Thank you very much. You're welcome.